You know who he is. He's Kevin Durant. We all know who he is. It was the Kevin Durant debut at home against Minnesota on Wednesday night. The long-awaited home debut for Kevin Durant. And at the end of the day, he didn't have the greatest impact on the game. Hell, one of the 15 best players of all time kind of haven't had an off night. It was the story of two teams that are streaking. The Suns entered winning their last two. The Minnesota Timberwolves entered winning their last four. Something had to give. And what gave on Wednesday night was the Phoenix Suns a little whoop in there to those Minnesota Timberwolves. It was a close game, but the stars shone brightest when they should. Chris Paul performed in the fourth. DeAndre Ayton performed in the fourth. Devin Booker carried the team. And it was a solid, solid, must, much needed win. I wouldn't say must need, but much needed win, knowing that the Suns have to go on Friday to play Denver. So I'm very excited to talk about this on the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate everyone for hanging out with us. And do me a favor, subscribe, rate, and review, and all that stuff. And I'm very excited to bring from the He's on Fire podcast. Matthew couldn't be here. You know, Matthew gets those migraines. The bright lights of podcasting can sometimes give you a migraine. But from the He's on Fire podcast, everybody give it up for Coach Evan B. Rejoining the podcast. Coach, it's nice to come after a victory, ain't it? Yeah, it is. The last two or three times I was on at the end of the last season, they were all in L's. So this is uh, definitely a welcome surprise for me. (laughs) Yeah, and normally we get you on like a Friday when I was traveling, and I'm not doing that anymore. So we get you on like a Wednesday. This is fantastic, man. Perfect. The, everything was lining up, right? Yes. It's all the stars were aligning. I'm like, well, as I was watching the game, I'm like, dude, we just got to get coach. Coach has got to get an, got to get a dub in this one. We got to get him on here with a dub. But even if this was a loss, I think there's obviously a lot to talk about because with the insertion of Kevin Durant into this starting lineup, there's rotations, there's minute distribution, there's different sets. There's just a lot of different basketball points of view that we can look at when we talk about this game and what this team has. And I'm excited to have these conversations with you. I think it's going to be a really fun podcast for everybody. So you want to tell everyone where they can follow you. I know we're live streaming not only on your network, but on on my network as well, which is kind of a cool thing that we can do now. So if you're joining us on the He's on Fire stream, hey, what's up? Hit that thumbs up button. If you're on Suns Jam, do the same. Where they can, Where can they follow you, Coach? Absolutely. At Coach Evan B on Twitter and at He's on Fire Pod on Twitter as well, too. But please check us out. He's on Fire Podcast. We're actually going to be making our uh, we're we're not really coming back or anything like that. But we're going to be doing uh, every Tuesday night uh, about nine o'clock Valley time. We're going to be coming out. We're coming back. We kind of have some things going on when you got three dads in there that when they all have young kids, that makes it really hard, but we're getting into a groove now. So come check us out every Tuesday night. And then if something big happens, of course, we're going to hop on them. Heck yes. Heck yes. And and very excited to have you on. So uh, let's pop them. If we got them, Matthew normally is, you know, pounding some water on a Wednesday night. Are you drinking anything? What do you got there? You went to Golden Spike Hefweizen, uh, one of the better breweries up here in Utah, by far. One of the first ones, too. Delicious, one of my favorites. So we're just going to I've had that. I used used to have that one of my bars. I have uh, Tap the Rockies Coors Light. So let's pop them. Pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Ooh, that's a good sound. Especially, like, when two people are doing it at the same time, you know, it's got, like, that. slaps different. Yes. It's it's, it's like, like. It's like Kurt Cobain did on the Nevermind album where he like doubled all of his tracks vocally like John Lennon did, and it gave everything such more pop. Well done. So cheers, Suns fans. Let's talk about a victory.
107 to 100. The Phoenix Suns slow down the the streaking Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that has over the past 10 games been the third best offensive team in the NBA, held them to 100 points. But that's not going to be my first question for you, coach. My first question is going to be I can't even find my own drops anymore. Jesus. Matthew, I got to ask. I Matthew, I mean Evan. Evan, I got to ask. When you talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, do you call them the Timberwolves, the T-Wolves, or the Wolves? I always have a wolves. hard time with it. I always say Wolves. Every time. Do you ever? I, I call them either the Timberwolves or the Wolves. I never call them the T-Wolves. If I'm talking to somebody that doesn't know sports or whatever, like, oh, yeah, we're playing we're playing Minnesota. So you don't even have to worry about the yeah, name. I just yeah. go Minnesota. And if it's somebody that I kind of know, like, oh, we're playing the Timberwolves. Um, if I'm talking about one of my favorite teams back in the day when it was Marbury, Googs, and uh, uh, KG, like, KG. the T-Wolves were awesome, man. It was all about the T-Wolves. <laughs> I, I use it in different ways. Yeah, that's the weird thing about them. And it's interesting because you don't ever – you don't do that with, like, the Arizona Dimebacks, right? Like, everyone calls them the D-backs. Uh, when they suck, they're the D-bags, but yes. Correct, correct. And some people call them the Dimebacks. They're never called the Backs. Hell, that's weird. Thought of, you know, just that's I was true. thinking of things I think about when I'm when I'm watching the game. So huh. there you go. Just just a little thought. Obviously, what everybody wants to talk about, it was the debut of one Kevin Durant in this game. Finally, Kevin Durant. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players ever played a game. So Kevin Durant plays in this game, ends up playing a total of 29 minutes, but he was only 5 of 18 from the field. He had 16 points, 7 defensive rebounds, 1 offensive rebound for a total of 8, 4 assists. You take a look at how he started, you know, zero points in the first quarter starts in the second quarter. Now, is is that going to be something we've we saw it in the three games that he played, by the way, Suns 4-0 with Kevin Durant, by the by. But we saw that in the three games prior to his injury that he started with the second team unit. We saw it again tonight. Coach, do you think that that's something that we're going to continue to see throughout the duration of the regular season and on into the playoffs? Absolutely. Uh, we saw it with when Chris Paul joined, right? He was always starting the second and starting the fourth quarters. And now we're seeing campaign getting a little more trust under Monty, right? And so he's starting the second and fourth quarters, which is what I think needs to happen. We don't need Chris starting and ending the fourth quarter, right? So one of those dudes has to be out there. And if Booker's ending the first and ending the third quarter, it's it's got to be KD. I worry about the rotation at the end of games, though. What They pulled him out at, what, the 7-8? minute mark of the mm-hmm. fourth quarter and then they brought him back in with three yeah minutes of change left. I, I think that's because of minutes restrictions right like they're like okay it, we ha- gotta, it, it has, has to be that has to be. but e- either way do you really want kevin durant playing a full 12 minute fourth quarter right not right now not right mm-hmm. now i don't i don't i don't see any need for it i think that uh it's something that we're gonna probably see increased minutes in as time goes on but with seven games and it being his first game back and it being a game in which he just didn't look good right I think Monty's like you know what uh we got something rolling you know we're we're playing well right now we're up I think he was up we were up by seven eight points at that time and he's like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice a little bit I'm gonna take KD out I'm gonna keep him on this minutes restrictions if you will knowing that to your point we don't want him out there for 12 minutes and 
let's just see if we need to bring him back. And they didn't need to really. They got down to four and they kind of did the deke thing, if you will, where mm-hmm. they they he sat there on the sidelines, not or, or sitting in his warm-ups, and then the last minute he took him off to force a late substitution from the Minnesota Timberwolves was about three, three and a half minutes left. But I think it was the right move by Monty Williams. And you got to give Monty Williams props in this game because this is going to be a challenge that he's going to have throughout the remainder of this short season. We have six games left, but it's going to be a challenge for him to try to navigate this. But one thing that I I really appreciated about Monty Williams is what he said when uh, Kevin Durant was on the sideline or come walking to the sideline. I don't know if you saw that clip. You know, Kevin Durant, he he had three for 13 in the first three quarters for Kevin Durant. He's shaking his head. Okay, now that being said, in that fourth quarter, Durant went two of five, and both of those two were three-pointers, and they were big three-pointers. But he pulled him aside, and this is what Monty had to say to Kevin. Shaking your head, Mark. Part of it. Greatness don't shake his head. You feel me? Greatness don't shake its head. And I like that. That was a good coaching moment from Kevin Dur- or from Monty Williams to Kevin Durant, don't you think? That, that was a good mentor moment, not even coaching. I mean, that's just Monty, Monty in a nutshell, right? I, I dare to say I didn't hear anything like that from Steve Nash, you know. Uh, you, maybe you heard a couple <laughs> sound sound bites here or there from Steve Kerr coaching him up, but I think that's just a different level of coaching that you're going to get from Monty uh, because of the relationship he has with KD. So it, it was less like, no, you need to go left, right. No, it wasn't anything like that. You just keep your head up. You're you. Yeah. You're him. I like Kevin I Durant. Liked, that was perfect. I'm <laughs> it Kevin was- Durant. You're, I love that, by the way. That's like my favorite clip ever. I walk around saying that shit all the time now. I'm like, he's Kevin Durant. You know he is. You know, it's like when it, when it first happened back in the playoffs all those years ago, I thought it was just such a gangster comment. And now that he's on our team and we're the ones who get to listen uh, and see him play and, and utilize that as uh, the AOL apparently is hurting. I'm co- still here. And then- <laughs> yeah, Houston Astros is your thing. You're an Astros fan? No, I am not an Astros fan, but unfortunately, we do uh, share accounts at the ASAP uh, network. Ah, here. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still here. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. As long as there's none of those trash bang, trash can bangers, you know how I feel about the Astros. But I think that with Kevin Durant's insertion, it's going to be, uh, you know, those moments that Monty has to do, it's, it's just good to see. It's good to see because so many people recently have been bagging Monty Williams for his coaching, for this, for that. And I, I like, I'll see it, especially like, you know, during our live streams in the chat, I'll, I'll, I see what some of you say, fire, fire money, this, that, the other. We have those conversations. I know that uh, Matthew and, and Gavin, who were on the podcast last time, because I couldn't make it because it was a fantasy baseball draft night. Woo, Ooh. baseball, baby. Yeah, keeper league, man. I kept, uh, who the fuck did I keep? I kept Jose Ramirez and Corey, uh, 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 Pat, uh, God damn, I can't remember his name. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> the best pitcher on the Milwaukee Brewers, you know who he is. Oh uh, yeah, Corbin I, Burns. I, thank you. Yeah. Um, but again, the way the the what Matthew and Gavin were talking about was just that. You know, they're they're addressing it too. It's like everybody fucking chill on Monty, man. You got to chill on Monty. Now that that's a conversation we'll continue to have as the playoffs progresses. Like with this roster, if healthy, and if they can't make it to the finals. Like, what do you do with Monty? And even then, the answer is like, nothing, nothing, man, nothing. 
You you keep the continuity. You keep somebody. Moments like what we just saw are why Monty Williams is here and should continue to be here. I agree. I I think we've all had our frustration when it comes to Monty, but at the same time, we've had a lot of injuries, a lot of roster turnover, a lot of weird things just happen, right? Yes. Um. You, but John, you if if Tyron Lou is there, if Ty Lou is there and is available, and we and we look dreadful in a series like we did against the Mavs or something, you can talk me into wanting to have a better tacticianer. Yes, that you're not part, wrong. That that that's an argument to be had, but when it comes to culture and what the Phoenix Suns have become, um, what's what's more important at that point? Um, that's going to be an Ishbia question too, if you ask me. I don't think that's going to be a James Jones thing. Uh, that's going to come down to Matt Ishbia and and his presidential people that he has all around him and his group that he's bringing in, which he's still not done bringing in a whole lot of guys. Oh no, but. But Monty has done a great job. I mean, no Shamit tonight, no Ish Wainwright, no Damian Lee, yes, no Jock. And, and and we saw Jock being really super aggressive and competitive and uh, damn near one of the best backup big men the Suns have ever had when KD was in there with him. Like you saw mm-hmm. a little synchronicity going on there. So it, it surprised me. But when you think back to what Monty has said, how when it comes to the fifth starter, it's going to be based on matchups. Well, that's very much like what it's going to be with Biombo, right? You had a yep. bigger team in Utah. You had yep. a bigger team in, in Minnesota by far with like Nas Reed coming off the bench. And let's, let's hope Nas Reed is going to be okay for the long term. Uh, Nas so Reed's he, a badass, by the way, man. He's, that guy's he's, fucking He's great. a free agent, by I the know. way, at the end of the season. I know. He is a great he, – he's like, you know, Tory Craig, Nas Reed. Hmm. Give me Nas. Yeah, if we can afford it, though, that's the question. Again, you go back to that Ishbia thinking, Ishbia right? Ishbia can, baby. Yeah, Ishbia can, and and but will he? I think he can, and I think he will. It all, but again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves because there's so much of the of, of the off season, right? Like so fun, so yeah, fun. yeah, it's fun. We're always we're, we're already thinking of the off season, like who can we pick up in free agency? Do we need a new coach? Like no, none of that, none of that. The Suns won, and it was a great. It was a great. It was a great win. Great uh, win. Go ahead. Go, going back to KD real quick. It definitely looked like one of two things was kind of happening. We were forcing it to him so he could get his first bucket, right? Like that that was definitely forced. Get it off his back and all that. And so so we forced that a little bit. But also he was really playing the Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson swingman role, just being posted up in the corner. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was by design because you just don't want to tire him out and do all these things right when he gets back. Or that's not where they're planning to play him all the time, right? But did you notice that? Yes, uh, completely. And and the first thing I thought was just that is, oh, this is a game where they're going to pick and choose their spots for Kevin Durant to be effective. Because when he first came back in those first three games, now granted, against lesser competition, and even with like, you know, we beat the Mavs, and you know, it was Kevin Durant is the one who made that shot. Newsflash, the Mavs suck, right? They only play well against us. But against those lesser teams, I really think that Kevin, what they were doing was they were, Kevin was ready, was rearing and ready to go. And he had been working out and he probably could have played when he first started with the team. I and mean, we all saw him putting up jumpers. He looked fine. So I think he was ready to go. And they were going to try out some of those new sets with him when they, when they run the Spain pick and roll and they're running it with both him, DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul, and then Booker and him. And Aiton, I mean, they were trying. You were seeing that in those first three games is how they were attacking the center of the court. And what they did in this game is, like you said, that he was in the corner playing off the Mikhail where Mikhail Bridges normally would, and Mikhail would do a lot of the slashing stuff, right? And he was doing that at times. 
just like McHale would at times because McHale would save his energy primarily for the, the defensive end. And he'd be a beneficiary of a collapse Spain pick and roll where you can dish it out to the corner. If yes. that defender comes in. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that it, I, I, I agree with you. I believe that was by design. I think that they're like, Hey, first game back. This is a, a big team. You have Jaden McDaniels out there. You got cat, you got Rudy Gobert. We're going to have you run these sets out here and, and we'll get you into the game. We'll get you into the offense as the game progresses. And and what I really noticed from the, all those sets was the space that was there, especially in the first and the fourth quarter. You know, when you had Mikhail or Cam Johnson, those defenders would slack off all the way almost down to the block or even get a foot in the paint, right? Nobody's slacking off of KD. It, they were airtight on him, and we had room to roam. So even when KD is having an off night, these things are an impact that he is making. He made an impact on the defensive end. He made an impact rebounding because they out-rebounded us tonight um, and mm-hmm. offensively. We came back offensively, but they were up on offensive boards for a while, had four assists as well, too. The spacing is just going to continue to be incredible. I mean, we saw how many open threes with Devin Booker the first three games with KD, right? So the spacing was impeccable. I loved what they what they did and what they planned. We just we all wanted we all wanted a 40 burger from KD tonight. That's what we wanted. But at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win is a win. It's all going to come together and it's baby steps, if you will, right? You know, it's it's like uh I, I disagree. We got to make giant leaps right now because the schedule is kind of weird. We yeah, play the Denver schedule's... next, and that's yep. going to be a big game. But then, then we, we play Denver like what next Tuesday? Are yeah, they we play o- be resting we, guys. We, we, we play Oklahoma City. Yep. And then we play, I think, Denver again. Yep. And then we've got uh, the Clippers and the Lakers, and then the Clippers. So the yeah, Clippers, lot the last there's game. There's one of the more year. game in there, I think. No, no, you're right. That's no, it. that I think that there, if there's there might be one more. But either way, that second Denver game. Are we going to want to play all of our guys? If it's are they going to want to play all round, guys? Are they going to want to play all the guys? Well, that's the even the question the going into Friday. Weird. Yeah, that's the, I mean, because Memphis lost tonight, so that pushes them further down. I mean, you don't need to. We'll, we'll, we'll talk games. about Denver. We'll talk about Denver at the back end of this podcast because they're the next game. For those of you watching, real quick, if if you're looking at me, I look like I'm blazed out of my brain. I've been coughing all day. Like I've had like allergies or something. I got a spinal injection this morning. I'm a fucking so wreck. Every right now. cough is a bitch right now. Oh, it hurts. It? it hurts. And like my I'm tearing up. So I might just like I'll be pat you'll you'll be talking a lot a lot in this one, Evan, because like I can only talk for so long without having a cough. It's just hey, I had my first city council meeting where I had to give up and give a presentation and whatnot. And I was actually kind of rolling. I was I was kind of feeling myself a little bit afterwards. I felt good about it. I just kept on point. I kept rambling, Jedi Master bullshit. I'm ready to go, man. How many uh how many people? Uh there was five or six people just on the council, a handful of people standing around and probably 30 to 40 people. I've given bigger nice. presentations before but never like a a city council something that's, you know, a little <laughs> That's of, it's official. It's official. <laughs> it's like that shit's on TikTok somewhere. Like somebody was recording Ugh. it and putting it on TikTok. Well, I gave I, a good presentation so that's cool. Well done. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, man. Well, on the other side is like when you do a podcast, you have a lot of repetitions of just talking, so it helps. It definitely has helped me in my personal career just getting up here and talking all you find and, and talking to when I worked in the restaurant for eight years and you did too, right? Just talking to random people helps. Oh, I have a PhD in bullshit. Yep. Last thing on KD. All right. And I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. And in, I'm, I'm interested to see what the chat says on this too. 
Did you see what KD was wearing when he arrived at the game? I did, but remind me. He was wearing a Tupac hat. So I will say this. I fucking love Tupac. And this is going to be the part of the show where we're definitely going to age ourselves. You're not, a, you're not nearly as old as I am, but we will age ourselves. And I'll ask you this question. Who are your f- top five favorite rappers of all time? And I understand that's a subjective question because what defines favorite, you know, is it memory based? Is it based on lyrics? Is it based on uh, volume? There's a ton of things that can dictate that. But can you give me your top five greatest rappers of all time? On the uh, spot. Pac, Eminem, Nas, Royce to five nine, and Jay-Z. Wow, we're pretty close. Okay. How old I, you- I wanna I really want to put like Wayne in there because I just I, I went to college during the Lil Wayne era, but lyrically he's just not up there for the rest of those for my I think my from a, from a freestyle standpoint, he's better. Oh, yeah. Like he can drop anything off the note. So we're pretty close. We're pretty close. I got Eminem, Pac, Jay-Z, Nas. And then I went with Luda. Can't go, can't go wrong with Luda. I love, I me love Luda. Luda. Who doesn't love, I love Luda? Luda. He I was, mean, uh, the soundtrack of like my college years when I didn't go to college <laughs> and I just, you know, drank and smoked weed and listened to Ludacris. <laughs> Boom, bitch, go. get you... out the way. And then you had uh, Outcast as well, too. Outcast, I really Outcast wanted to put badass. up there. I mean, you could easily put Andre 3000 or, or the something. The problem like with that, Outcast but... is the same problem I have with Biggie. It's like there's just not enough volume. That's a qualifier to me. Like, they just don't have enough albums, right? Like, from Bombs That's Over fair. Baghdad to, like, Speaker Box, Love Below. What, they put one album after after, after that? And Biggie, mm-hmm. he just wasn't around long enough. He did, like, three albums. Whereas yeah. Pac, he died early, too. But, man, he he recorded a ton. I think he's got another one coming out next month, probably. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. That's just what he does, man. He's still alive. He's in Jamaica just recording shit. Big Dick Booker. BDB tonight. The Big Dick Booker went for 29 points. He was 8 of 18 from the field, 12 of 15 from the free throw line which I will definitely get to in the subreddit stakeout. Five assists, four steals from D-Book. What did you see from D-Book tonight, Coach? He, I don't want to say he had a different edge to him, but he played just a little bit different tonight. Now, granted, what Monty said at one of the timeouts, that they were looking too casual out there, and then they turned it up and won. He just looked a little more free and open, like he knew the Red Sea was about to part just a little bit for him. And so watching him attack, attack, attack was a welcome sight. But I got to say, every single time he goes down, I clutch, clench the butthole a little bit. <laughs> That's everybody, I feel like. Like, KD <laughs> was on the floor a lot this game. So was, was Chris. Like, yeah, so was Chris. Like, everybody was. DA was on the floor. I was like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on? But I agree with you. What I saw from Devin Booker was the freedom of knowing that even though Kevin Durant was having an off night, he's like, hey, shit, I can I can go off right now because I don't have to do this the entire game. I can sit there and, and put up in the third quarter uh, a total of seven, or I'm, I'm sorry, how many, uh, oops, clicked the wrong, where's my thingies? There we go. Uh, 12 points, 12 points in the third quarter. Now, granted, eight of those were from the free throw line, but he knows that he can pick and choose spots now because he has somebody right next to him who consistently will be able to provide. I mean, Kevin Durant had a horrible game and he ended with like 16 points, right? So again, there there was that aspect of it. And I really think that what we saw from Devin Booker 
was in the third quarter when we went down 10. It was 60 to 50. Yep. They left Mike Conley wide open for a three. And then Devin Booker started attacking. And I forget who said it in the chat the other night. I think it was Blaze Megatron. He goes, what's great about Devin Booker right now is he's not going by the rim. He's going at the rim. And he's getting the calls. Now, that being said, he did have an amazing shot where he went by the rim, right? I mean, he he's like flying by on the left block, fading away, gets fouled by Connolly, and it somehow magically goes in. So that's one of those like one-off fouls, if you will. But we see him more attacking the rim. And I'm with you. You know, Devin Booker isn't the biggest guy. Devin Booker hasn't always been the healthiest guy, as I knock on wood. And if I did that, my dog will probably start barking. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's at the door? Who's at the door? Let me talk to the door. Do you like him attacking the basket more? Absolutely. I mean, we have to do that. I, we saw it every time we play the Mavericks or any other team that foul baits, the Bucks, whoever you want to talk about. You have to. You have to get to the free throw line. It's not so much. It's not so much attacking. It's just getting to the free throw line. And attacking the basket is just kind of an ingredient to go into that. You know, you have the Chris Paul rip throughs that definitely help with that. Um, I, I love him attacking. He's so fluid with it too. That's he the is. thing, Johnny. He's so fluid. Yeah, he's gonna get his shit stuffed every once in a while. I mean, that just happens when you're it's everybody. NBA. But he's so fluid with it. He's so crafty. He always works on his double moves, which I love. He he's he's showing one way, but he's gonna be finishing over over this way, right? Yeah. And that's what I love about him. He's he's so good with it. I I've been wanting to have him do it more, and I really thought Chris Paul was kind of a a deterrent from that, you know, teaching him to play the Chris Paul way, yeah. which it was. So having him kind of now he has that in his bag and now he's got downhill book, which is what I dubbed him back in 2020 during the, the COVID season. Uh, when you have downhill book, good things happen and continue to happen. And now is he starting to get a little bit of a favorable call? We could have that discussion too. You think he is? I think it's worth the discussion now. I think before we were like, no, he's getting dicked on every single call. Mm -hmm. In the last few games, ever since Monty comes out and they're definitely going downhill more, it seems to be going into his favor, I'd say, more often than not. So you look at his first – or like when when was the big rant, if you will? When was the It was big... right before the Sacramento game. Because okay, it was so a Sacramento a game. We came back, we got the fouls, but then we lost in the second half. That's right. That's right. So for his first 45 games, Devin Booker was attempting 6.3 free throws per game, uh, not including tonight. So the last it, it's going to be the last three games, uh, and he shot 12 tonight, right? Is that what I said, 12? I think it's what he, he shot. I, no, 15, 15, 12 for 15. So, so, so here you go. So what did I say? His first... 45 games, he was attempting six free throws a night. His last three, not including tonight when he shot 15, he's been averaging 10.3. That's a four. That's four more. Now, granted, part of that is by design. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. Part of that is Monty Williams standing up for his guy. And I get it. Trust me. If anybody gets, you know, the tic-tac fouls being called against you, as the Minnesota Timberwolves fans were complaining about, I, I can't blame them. A couple of those, I was like, uh. You know, the one that got overturned, like that wasn't a foul, in my opinion. Eddie was trying to make it a foul. God bless him. But, yeah, God bless him. God, God love Eddie. But now he's getting those calls. Monty Williams, by standing up for his team, by taking the fine, by sitting there and saying 46 to 20, by pointing out the officiating bias that's occurred against this team and against Devin Booker for the entire season. The, 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 the statistics are there. 
Now he's getting those calls. And I'm okay with that. God damn it. It's about fucking time, dude. It's about time we had one of those guys. Shit. And now we got KD, too, who wasn't getting the calls tonight. No. And I don't care when they're saying all these things on the telecast. Like, oh, Devin Booker has more free throws than the Timberwolves. Good. Yeah. I don't give it. That's I don't look at that as a slight anymore. How many times have we heard that, right? I'll, I'll tell you this. Tonight's game was, it, it's our 76th game of the year. It was only the 24th time that we've shot more free throws than the opposition. So that's 24 out of 76, right? A that's third of the thir- time about. Yeah, 31% of the time we shoot more free throws than the opposition. 31%. It's uh, like, again, I, I, I've talked about this before. I did some research. The Lakers shoot like 70% of the time the Lakers shoot more free throws than the opposition. And it's not complete. Like, it's bias. It's 100% bias. It's the fucking Lakers. Like you look at their, their statistics, like they don't take the most shots inside of 10 feet or eight feet, right? They're like seventh or eighth, but they get all these fucking calls. That's why LeBron's golden face. boy Luca got his technical rescinded the other day, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's the secret NBA agenda yeah. wanting their stars to play and play in the playoffs. And he should not have had that, that tech it was, it was the technical for the money sign, right? Mm-hmm. No. A, was that what it was for? I could no. That happened like a, that happened the same so he, night. So, okay, he Booker got fined so this for this. Was something different? Yeah, you shouldn't resend that. Anything that he did, because trust me, knowing Luca, he fucking earned it. So yeah, it's the it's the Illuminati of the NBA, which brings us to DraftKings. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. I got Houston winning it all. I know. I'm dumb. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, I do want to thank everybody who signed up for the Suns Jam bracket thingy that we did for March Madness. Uh, We still have the Final Four and the championship to go. But the the standings are final. No one in the entire fucking thing got anybody into Final Four. (laughs) (laughs) You came in fourth place, Coach. You are the basketball. You are the college basketball guru. You came into fourth. Do you know who won? I looked. You did. I I looked before the Elite Eight. That that before that Saturday, I did not see that. There you go. I won. Good thing it wasn't for money. I I would say you're rigging this now. No hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I could never do it for money. I did it for money. I lost too. Uh, But Alex O and Burfami, Burpami, sorry, Burfami, both came in second. They got 490 points, and I had 50 points. I was 10 ahead. So, (laughs) attaboy. I know nothing. I literally just like. I'll watch a couple of Coach Evan B's He's on Fire podcast to hear what's going on in the college uh, basketball world, and then I'll just be like, yeah, you know, Coach was talking about this guy. This guy's seeing pretty good, so let's talk about this guy. That's literally how I did it. So, All right, let's talk about DeAndre Ayton in this game. Watch. All right, DeAndre Ayton, 5 of 9 from the field, 10 points, only 3 rebounds. Three blocks, one steal, 
of those 10 points, uh, he had four of them come in the fourth quarter. And I will say the Aussie Suns fan podcast, it's got to be Gavin. DA the quote, DA the quote, DA the goat, <laughs> quote me. Thoughts on DeAndre Ayton's performance tonight, Evan? Man, I didn't even notice him until the fourth quarter. Interesting. Uh, Isn't it funny what a, happens had, when KD shows had, up? You're like, yeah, DA, do things. He had, he had a block here, uh, you know, a nice thing there. I mean, I'll say that it looks like his touch is back, right? Um, his touch definitely looked a lot better tonight than against the Jazz. I, I did like yes. that, but... When he needed to show up in the fourth quarter and do some big things, everybody seemed to show up, especially, you know, we'll get the Chris Paul, I'm sure. Uh, but D.A. definitely showed up when he needed to. Uh, you did see some late defensive. I don't know if they were miscues or rotations or something was missed, but you saw him looking at KD and Booker just quite a few times. He had a weird uh, inbounds play right at the very end where he was going to pick it up and just look, didn't even look Katie's way. And Katie was open like for five seconds and didn't even look that way. There yeah. were some weird little things like that, but he did what he was supposed to do. It's not like he got posterized. He was getting ran down the court or Gobert was beating him down the court. God forbid if that happened. Um, so yeah, it's not like he shit. did a lot of, he, as to your point to what you and, and what flex and Dan Duarte has said, he didn't, he can't get played off the court. Nope. He didn't get played off the court, but he didn't do anything spectacular and the whole night, really. But in the fourth quarter, he showed up. He did his job. He helped with a win, and he wasn't pouting, wasn't kicking rocks or anything like that. So, And we won, so I'm not bitching. What I loved about DA tonight is he was engaged. He was focused, and he Bingo. was engaged, and he was trying. And here's two things that I will prove to you that he was trying. I'm going to cough. <laughs> ah, beer. The first thing is the way that he was playing physically with Rudy Gobert down on the block. Now, he wasn't grabbing all the rebounds. Rudy finished with 15 rebounds. DA wasn't grabbing all the rebounds. But what he was doing was he was just being physical with the guy. Yep. He was, he was forcing him off his spots. He wasn't allowing him to, to be an effective scorer. Now, now, it hurt the Suns in the first half that Rudy was getting all those rebounds and everybody on the Minnesota Timberwolves were getting those rebounds because they left, they led to second chance points, but what they weren't from Rudy. Rudy ended with seven points in this game, which was beautiful. The other thing that I noticed from Deandre Ayton was there was a play where the ball was going out of bounds and he ran and he hustled and he almost dove for it, but he got it. He threw it back into Booker. This is on the side. This is, it wasn't yeah. on the baseline. When's the last time you saw something like that from Deandre Ayton where he is, out, out far enough to be there, but then goes after it. Normally, he's just kind of the guy who stands there and watches it go, right? Game, what was it, game four or game five against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals when he had like 20, 22 points and 20 boards? Yeah. That one. Yeah. Like that's, but you think about it. We're six games left in the season now. We're getting ready into the postseason. Here comes playoff DA, folks. Like, this is what you can expect from playoff to the A, especially, especially with Kevin Durant and Chris Paul and Devin Booker on the court, is he can really focus on his energy level and bringing it. And I, I appreciate that. Would you like to see him go for more? You always do because he's your number one pick, but we don't need him to anymore. That's the beauty of this. So he can really play to his strengths and be aggressive when he needs to be aggressive. But he was engaged the entire game, and there was a different level of hustle and engagement that I noticed. Right from the tip. I right was away. Like, oh, I was like, oh, shit. 
DA's in this game. Let's go. Let's go. So we'll we'll continue to watch how this goes for the remainder of the season because and this is the other big thing is you mentioned like he showed up big when we needed him to because that's the thing it's like you don't want you don't want DA to just kind of you know not be engaged offensively to the point where it's like they're not utilizing him at all. Chris Paul had one of the best passes I've ever fucking seen Chris Paul throw to DA today. When he bounced it and it went right to DA's chest on a pick and roll where he could just grab it from his chest up into the basket. Not down at his knees where he's grabbing it and then he's trying to come back up where everyone's like, why is he bringing the ball down? Because that's where the fucking ball was thrown to him. Kevin Durant had a great wraparound pass in the first quarter to get to DA. It's going to be another benefit of KD. All of a sudden, we're going to have these different opportunities to get to DA, uh, get DA the ball. And they and the, the way they did it tonight, it was it was a plus. So, Gavin, I guess you're right. He is the GOAT, and we will quote you. He, he's the GOAT of Sun Centers. Let's be real. He is. Who's who's a better? Alvin Adams. You got to give it to Alvin Adams. Alvin Gat- Adams is the number one Phoenix Suns center of all time. I never right. watched him play. So, Here's- like, I, I can go off of stats and by hearsay, and sure, we can all agree, but, you know, I never saw it. But we'll, we'll, I, if that's, I mean, if that's the bar, then that's that's great. Then he still has more to live up to. 100%. And he and he will. He's going to be with this team for a long time. He's got a lot of opportunities. He's going to get a lot of growth upcoming. And, you know, he's, what, 23, 24? Like, he's about to hit that stride as a center. And good things are going to happen. So, uh, hey, uh, quality uh, performance. Real, real quick, a couple – I know we weren't going to talk about KD anymore, but a couple quotes uh, from tonight that I'm just scrolling real quick. What do you got? Um, Kevin Durant changed shoes at halftime. I did see that. Yep. Um, Great to like an orange, pink. And then uh, he talked about uh, from Dwayne Rankin uh, talked about being excited for the game. Said he was uh, he just wanted it too bad. Sometimes you want it too bad, um, and that was exactly what it felt like. It just it felt forced to him. But I I thought it was interesting. He's not that superstitious dude. Well, he'll change change shoes. I didn't know he was like that. I'm superstitious. Oh, I came too. down with about six minutes left, and you know we were up seven or eight, and then we're up at four. And I'm sitting here holding this jersey, and I was about to put it on. I'm like, nope, nope, don't put on the jersey, man. Don't put on the Valley jersey. This is the <laughs> first time I've worn this since the Mavericks debacle in Game 7 last year. And tonight, I was going to exercise the demons. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. So I bought this shirt right here. For those of you who are watching, this is my my KD35 shirt. right? This is one thing that we have on Redbubble. So if you're interested, we have a link in the description below. And I bought it, and I literally got it the day that KD was supposed to make his home debut against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It came in the package. I pulled it out. I didn't unfold it. I'm like, I'm going to put this thing on tonight. And then right before the game, obviously, he went down, and it's literally sat on my kitchen table for three weeks until tonight. And right before the game, when everything was clear, when they're getting ready to tip, I ran, I put it on. I'm like, all right, let's go. It's KD time. So even KD... Shout out to your wife for having the patience of an angel for letting a box sit on the kitchen table for three weeks. And I'll tell you this, she cleans everything and throws everything away, like (laughs) everything. So the fact that it's out there is even, it's like amplified. Like we call her Danny Tanner because she's always cleaning (laughs) shit. So TJ war machine. Obviously one thing that we're going to be watching for the remainder of the sun season is how the rotations work. And I thought it was interesting that the first rotational move that Monty Williams made was he brought in TJ Warren with Tory Craig and Cameron Payne. So question number one, coach, was that the right move? Yeah, I, I, I still trust Monty 
for for having the pulse of the team. So I absolutely think that was the right move. I like Ross not really playing until the end of the first quarter or, or mm-hmm. beginning of the second quarter. Um, having TJ Warren, a guy that can go in there that I saw it earlier today. Is is he earning the trust of Monty Williams? Is he just playing better? Whatever, whatever the case is, I like his movement. I like what he's doing on defense. He's still not a great defender, but he's in position. And shit, that's 80, 85% of it is just being in position. And yep. then other things start to click. So I like what he's doing. Uh, we all wish he could go off for, for a 25, 30-point game every once in a while, even though he has been looking a lot better. Only one for four tonight, uh, two yeah. points, but four boards, three assists, a block. I mean, I felt like he made a little bit more of an impact before Aiton did in the fourth quarter. I just seemed to notice him more. Maybe it was because I was watching the wings and less of uh, Gobert and Aiton. I don't know, but absolutely. Bringing P.J. Warren, uh, first of off the bench, more more scoring punch. I'm all for it, man. I completely agree. I think that TJ Warren uh, coming off the bench with those two other guys, with Torrey Craig and with Cameron Payne, is the right move right now. I think that, again, from a stat line, it's not sexy. He only played 11 minutes and got the two points. He got four rebounds. He got three assists. But you're right. From a veteran standpoint and from a positioning standpoint, he's in the right place. Does he always make the right play? No. But he doesn't always foul on every play, too. That's That's why you can't have Damian Lee out there. Because guess what? T.J. Warren gets beat. We saw it against the Sacramento uh, Kings. Saw it against the Jazz. Saw it against the Jazz, yeah. He'll get beat. But if he gets beat, he gets beat and carries on. Like, Damian Lee's got to commit some stupid foul, and you you exasperate the problem in multiple ways. Because you put your team in foul trouble. You put them on the free throw line because nine times out of ten with Damian Lee, it's a shooting foul. Like, and, and, and then he's trying to make it up on the other end with, with some yes. stupid shot or something. Yeah, and not a wide open three. Like he's trying to dribble into double teams and shoot. So, a pulse of the team is going to be something that Monty Williams is really going to have to monitor. Now, I've been making the case recently that he should start over Josh Okogie. Hey, Joe. <laughs> So I mentioned this recently, the fact that Josh Okogie is like one of the worst catch and shoot three point shooters on, on the Phoenix Suns. And that's just a fact. And with the gravity that's going to exist with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton on the floor, he's going to see a lot of wide open threes. He was one of three tonight from beyond the arc. He was four of 10 overall, but he had 10 points and he had nine rebounds. And he had a couple steals and a block. So it's like he's a, he's a stat stuffer. Now, granted, he's playing against his old team. You know he's up for that. He, the sure. mask is sure. off now. So I'll ask you this. this. is a conversation that Matthew and I have kind of been going back and forth with. I know Gavin, when he was on the podcast last time, they were talking about it as well. Do you think Josh Okogie should stay in the starting five? Or do you think that Monty Williams should put in somebody like a TJ Warren? Like I want, I want to go as far to say TJ Ross. Because he literally is a turnstile. Like he got turned around a couple times. I was like, oh damn, that's like the definition of today. But should you put in somebody who's a more pliable offensive threat than Josh Okogie into the starting lineup and then worry about having a Kogi end the games? Or should he remain in the starting five? Okogi needs to be there because I'm gonna go back to your original point to having okay. the fuck shit up guy. I think that's very, very important for Valid. that position. Um whether it's, I mean, you know, when we if we play the Nuggets and you have Aaron Gordon, MPJ, and Jokic, you know, you're going to want to play Tory Craig, right? That's who you're going to want to start in that that instance. Um, but I also want a scoring punch off the bench uh, campaign. 
very unreliable at times. Thought he played a, a pretty decent game tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, T, T, uh, TJ Ross, I almost said it too. Terrence Ross can be a flamethrower, but he's over he tonight. Z- he um, had zero tonight. Like him, the, the, the guy who's the guys who've gotten us to this three game winning streak, uh, TJ Warren and Terrence Ross, the outlet boys, had two points tonight. Like, it's crazy. That's and, and that's that. And tonight was a weird game. Tonight was KD's return, and everything felt weird. And I, I really want to throw this one out. And this was just about getting everybody on the court and seeing what happens. It almost felt like a YMCA run for the first two and a half quarters, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I, I really want a more conventional lineup out there because if we do have to go five subs deep and we're not going to stagger lineups, which personally I don't want to. I mean, if you ask me, I want all of our starters out of the out of the lineup at the end of the first quarter at the, about the 10 minute mark with two minutes left and for about the first two or three minutes i want all of them rested i mean call me more old school in that fashion so i want more scoring punch off the mat i want more well-rounded stuff i don't want campaign dribbling to the middle and he's looking over there's josh Akogi and, and and craig shit what what's gonna happen from that we're gonna lose leads real quick as opposed to campaign being able to get uh ross involved and then tj warren he's just a bucket getter in very weird ways so i i really think for this team for what we need coming from the bench it is very important to have a ross a pain and a warren coming off the bench that's that's my personal opinion it's a fair point and it's it's a great topic of conversation because I don't know if there's necessarily a wrong there's a wrong answer. Like instead of starting Josh Akogi, you put in Bismack Biombo. Like that's the wrong Start answer. Start Jock Lendale. Come on. Yeah, Landale should be in there, right? Like that's clearly the wrong answer. The way that I look at it, and you and you're right. I've I've said it before. When we lost Jay Crowder, we lost our fuck shit up guy. And you saw it at the end of this game, man. Josh Akogi was the fuck shit up guy. Everywhere. It end, but it was at the end of the game. And what I think is and I'll continue to, to ride this point of view, if you will, just for the topic of conversation. If you have TJ Warren starting, he's somebody who can hit those catch and shoot threes and you can put a big lead on a team, right? You can go up seven, eight points before they're sitting their starters. And then you know what the Suns are going to do. They're going to play Devin Booker and they'll play DeAndre Ayton. They played him. They played both of them pretty much the entire for, first quarter. I think DA played the entire first, which is something I was like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, he played the the first 10 minutes, but you do that and you sustain the lead. And then when the second quarter starts and Cameron Payne comes out onto the court, uh, with Josh Akogi, with Tory Craig and, uh, with potentially like a Terrence Ross, they're coming out with Kevin Durant. And in that situation, you have more, you have Cameron Payne who can score, Kevin Durant, who can score and facilitate. They both can score and facilitate. You got a couple defensive guys in there, and then you're playing Bismack or Jock Landell based on the matchup. And I think that you can score and defend in that in that lineup set. So, again, I don't know if there's necessarily a right answer or a wrong answer. I think at the end of the game, Akogi's in there. Like, Akogi, play him the whole fucking fourth. Sure. The guy's fantastic. But I think that that's just a, a way in the first half to run your rotations in effort to get a good lead and sustain a lead. I don't know. I, I, I completely agree with the sustaining the lead part. Cause I feel like we have the firepower where we should be up early in most games. Mm-hmm. We do. When, when we do sub in guys, that's going to be the part where we need to, the bench really needs to learn how to sustain. And then they thrived right in the past couple of games, definitely against low, lower, lower teams. And yeah, 
wasn't nobody was hot like like the T Wolves were, right? Well, there I am calling them the T Wolves. <laughs> See, you never know what you're gonna call them. The Wolves, um, the Timberwolves. Yeah, the, those guys up in Minnesota. The mini, the mini sold us. But we talked about Cameron Payne. He deserved a drop tonight. Here comes the pain. Very, very effective minutes from Cameron Payne tonight. He only played 13 minutes, but he was 5 of 10 from the floor. He had 11 points, had a couple assists, had a rebound. But it was that third quarter where we really saw him thrive. Of his 11 points, seven happened. In the third quarter, they happened in succession. He had a seven-point run himself. He had a three, was making some wild and crazy shots that only Cameron Payne will take. And hey, luckily for him, he Make. they felt they fell in tonight. So he's a huge X factor for this team come the playoffs. We know that. We've seen that when he when we've been successful in the playoffs two years ago, Cameron Payne was part of it. If you look at his numbers in last postseason, just don't. Just don't go look at those numbers because they're fucking gross. But we're going to kind of go as he goes with that second team unit. It was kind of different to see him with the second unit because, you know, he really has the ball and he's the driver. He He's, I mean, and I'm not just talking about driving the ball. I mean, he's the one driving the bus with that second unit. So when he's playing with KD, it, it seemed like KD was over there just kind of waiting to get the ball or expected it. And you have campaign over there just running offense because he knows where to go. He knows he's going to go this way. And then there's going to be a guy in the corner over there. So there's, there's definitely some meshing that needs to happen there. Um, Campaign giving up the ball a little bit more to Katie is going to have to happen, but I also think vice versa because campaign is starting to come on right now. Um, It felt a little weird tonight, but again, for to me, throw this game out, just move on to the next one. It's not about X's and O's in this one. But when he's on, he's he's hitting it high off the glass and it's going in. He's hitting with these weird runners and it's going in right. And then yeah. he's hitting that 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 little jab step step back three that he had over. I don't know if it was Reed or Cat or who who it was. And Somebody when we tall. have when we have that campaign, the sky is the limit for us. I mean, it, he's he is like the ultimate X factor, the ultimate whatever the hell uh, verb, noun, adjective, pronoun you want to use, he is that guy because he can do things that other people in the league cannot do. And Matthew says it all the time. Aiton and Payne are our X factors come playoff time. We need some big Aiton games and we need some big campaign games in the playoffs because you know what you're going to get from Devin Booker. You know what you're going to get from Kevin Durant. And for the most part, you know what you're going to get from Chris Paul. Aiton's uh, the key, man. Distribution. He is. He is. Aiton's he absolutely the key, is. Aiton's the key. I, I, I would say uh, campaign is the X factor, but but he's the key. Now with KD, I mean, with such a short sample size, I don't even know if we need a key anymore. We just got a bunch of motherfuckers that are going to pound the door down, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but but D, DA, I've, I've said it for years, which is why I'm so damn critical on him. He is the key. He is the one that can unlock almost everything else yeah and but kevin durant unlocks a lot of people and he's gonna unlock da so we'll see let's let's check out what's going on that subreddit huh the sun's jam session subreddit stakeout i was chilling up north in minnesota and we were enjoying our line in kugels uh some of that summer shandy even though it's uh march and uh I don't know if that's a good Minnesota accent or not, but, you know, yeah, Skull. Oh, yeah, it's great up there in the north, don't you know? Uh, Skull. Skull Bobby, eh? What was the show that had Bobby? Uh, The mom was always like, don't you know? Bobby's World, yeah, Bobby's World. Remember that show? No. (laughs) Don't you know, Bobby? 
Uh, so here's some of the things that they were saying on the subreddit for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I haven't watched many Suns games. Do they live in the mid-range this much? <laughs> Feels like I can live with all the shots they are taking. We're contesting. Tell me you don't watch the NBA without telling me you don't Seriously. watch the NBA. Like, how do you not know that the Suns are like the the mid-range mafia and that Devin Book and Chris Paul live there? Like, you are. How do you have a Reddit log on? <laughs> Uh, always had a soft spot for a Kogi, but talk about falling upwards could barely crack the rotation on a mid team and is a clear starter on a title favorite. In, a lot of- interesting comment to unpack there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they falling forward. Interesting. They, uh, they loved a Kogi. And if you look at his statistics, I mean, he's calling me nonstop for a reason. He is a hustle guy. We've had those guys in the past, right? Lou Onmanson. Pat Burke when he got like the final five minutes. Javon Carter. Yep, Javon Carter. I mean, we love the hustle guys. Mm -hmm. Okogie was their hustle guy. And he left, and he's playing so much better with us. And they were talking about during the broadcast. Again, I didn't watch ESPN. I'm glad I didn't because all they did in the subreddit was dog Doris Burke the entire time. They were wondering if she was wearing a Booker's jersey. Uh, You know, we we just need to get a couple stops at the end of the game. Burke and sucks. that's the byproduct of Kevin Durant is that you actually get the ESPN broadcasters like on you. your side. Yeah, it's weird for us. But again, the way that they were talking about uh, a Kogi was just, you know, something we can all understand and empathize with because, you know, uh, again, uh, what Eddie was saying on the broadcast was that a Kogi had stated, he's just like, you know, they just didn't run a system that kind of suit me, you know? And that's just because look at their system. Their system is so different than the Suns. So slow. So slow. It's cat from the Kyle Anderson took over his slow-mo and he's thriving. Yes. Yasha Kogi moves to a faster paced team and he's thriving. Facts. Facts. Uh, Aussie Suns fans in the podcast. Lissy has way better disguises. Yeah, he (laughs) bought them. He bought them from Amazon. And it's not like there's a ton of disguises you can buy from Amazon. He bought all the good packs. (laughs) <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> all right other things in the in the subreddit Aiden looks like he's from another decade don't know what that meant but maybe it's because he had like the 80s he has like tape on his fingers or something i don't know uh sons attack so much side to side it's tougher to play straight up drop if the man defender is behind thoughts on that comment they, that's a that's i've never thought about that yeah they me too play a lot of side to side because they do do a lot of stuff on the wing, uh, free throw line extended for people that know the elbow, and then you got free throw line extended going out to the three point line. Yeah. Um. So when you say wing, I think of free throw line extended. We are doing a lot of action just right across free, from the nail to to each boundary side. That's a great. Holy shit! That's a great point. Who is yeah, that person? Let's hit him up on Reddit. Uh, that person's name is MC Rhino, but R Y N O. Oh no! Wait, wrong one. Wrong it. one. Oh. Wrong one. It's uh Dio Brando one hundred and one. Dio Brando, you that you've you've created a little thing twirling in my head right now. Yeah, about, like, I, I saw that comment, and, but once they said that, I started noticing it throughout the game. Totally. I'm like, yeah, we're a team that starts primarily everything in the center of the court, and then we run it side to side off of that, and like you see it all the time, so it's nothing crazy. But then you watch the way that how their offense runs, and it's completely different, like we mentioned. It's slow, and they like to they they like to start on uh, you know, the sides and and work inwards. Sun mid range attack just isn't scary. <laughs> Suns are fouling like they are the Timberwolves. D book and Kendall Jenner both enjoy being on their back. Damn, 
I, <laughs> I mean, that's folks' primary position for game winners. So, you it know, is. get used to it, fuckers. Uh, this is a great comment. Uh, I hate Booker. I hate Durant. I hate CP3 most of all. Having them all in one team makes my sports hate much more efficient. <laughs> well played. Well played. There you go. Uh, even though we won the challenge, I promise D bag Booker flops the next three possessions. Bitch ass Booker is a fucking softy. So, again, that's just a lot of hate for Booker, obviously. And then finally, somebody said, Suns are hell of a team, man. We shut down the best player in the league in Durant, and the Suns are still up because Booker's a superstar, too. So, I mean, there's. I would say more knowledge than not in that subreddit. You go into some of your other ones that you've done. That was actually one of the better ones. Yeah, I was. I enjoyed this one. And they were just bitching about the referees in Dorisburg the whole time. So, can't blame them there. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, I got one thing for you because I knew you were going to be on the pod. You know what time it is. Trivia time. You're a very smart basketball fan. Like, you just know things. So I thought I'd hit you with some good trivia tonight. All right, I got two questions for you. All right, let's All right, go. These, I hope I live deep, up to it. Deep cuts. These are going to be tough. All right, first question. How many players in Phoenix Suns history have had the initials KD? I have no idea. Um, I feel like there was there was a, something Davis maybe. Uh, there was no, that was Kurt Rambis. I'm thinking of KD, 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 KD. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess randomly, John. I don't okay. know because I can't think of one. I, I want to say randomly. Walter Davis. I got all the other ones. I'm just gonna say three. The answer is one. Kevin Durant. Hey, well that's why I couldn't think of any. There that you makes go. sense. Trust right. my gut. Question number two. Two. Here we go. How many players in Phoenix Suns history have had the initials DA? Two. Three. You have DeAndre Ayton. You have Dennis Autry, who played from 1974 to 1978. And you have Danny Ainge. Son of a bitch. There you go. Good call. Yeah, I, I thought I'd throw some call. Throw, throw, throw some tough shit at you, you know. This th- this one will be a little bit easier. Jam star of the game. A Jamsters, a reminder, subscribe, rate, and review, whether you're watching this along live on the Suns Jam Session podcast or if you're on the He's on Fire podcast stream. Hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate it. Let's people know where to come. It's algorithms and such says, hey, come watch the Suns game or come watch the, the post-game pod with us after the game. Who is your jam star of the game, Evan? Um, we didn't talk about this guy, so I got to give him a runner-up uh, nomination, and I want to give it to Chris Paul tonight. I thought the runner-up nomination for Chris Paul, I thought he played a really good game. I feel like he was the one that was kind of the calming force tonight. Mm-hmm. Book was attacking, and he was talking to refs, and it just felt like Chris Paul was calming everything down, getting people in position, getting some shots, had 19 points. He looked way better than the Utah game. Uh, yes. So I want to get the runner-up to him. He just felt like a very calming force. So so good job driving the bus there. But obviously it's BDB, right? Big Dick Book, yeah. 100%. Far and away. It, it was. Again, he's the one who – decided you know like again i can attack when i need to and i'm gonna attack the basket as we talked about but yeah you're right cp3 was he was really big in that third quarter he Mm -hmm. stepped up his defense in the third quarter as a once i I mentioned earlier when the suns went down by 10 all of a sudden they locked in defensively and that was led by chris paul 
And I guess it begs the question, is there any chance that with KD's arrival, CP3 can expend more energy on the defensive end now? I think CP3 is going to be able to do a lot of things now, um, things that we just probably don't even see. Um, ball handling, right? I think he's going to be able to do that even just a little bit more because he was doing it less. I yes. think he can do it more now because I think he's going to have a little bit more room, especially in the half court. He's going to be able to run a specific offense. He's going to have room to hit shots. If he can just turn into prime Derek Fisher with the Lakers who couldn't miss a clutch shot to save his life, then all the uh, that's just a huge X factor. I think it's Chris Paul is just going to be able to do a lot. It's going to be fun to watch. Every game is going to be a different conversation, John. Oh, that's the best part, man, because the challenge that we've had going live after every game, it's like, all right, here's what we saw tonight, but we don't know what it means yet because Kevin Durant's not here. Once Dude. KD gets here, now we can actually start to talk X's and O's and strategy and rotations. And, you know, that that's the fun part of this with six games left. So speaking of six games left, next game's Denver. Right, and that's going to be an interesting affair. It's going to be uh, at is it, is it at home? I think it's at home. I knew yeah. this, but now I don't know for sure. Like, I'm, I'm almost, thought. I'm almost a hundred percent. It's at home. Like I'm almost. Yep, 100%. it is home. NBA TV. Go. It's a eight thirty start time for me, so seven thirty for 730, y'all. Seven thirty, gross. So tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies loss, which puts the Denver Nuggets three and a half games ahead of them in the standings okay four games ahead of them in the loss column which is what i try to look at this time of year i really focus on the loss column because there's a lot of half games and all that stuff you know the suns obviously with this win and the clippers winning tonight i don't know if you saw that the clippers won they don't have they didn't have paul george or Kawhi. fucking westbrook goes ape shit uh norman powell and bones highland go ape shit on the bench and they win so they are a game behind the suns in the loss That's- column that's part of what's going on with the Suns to a point with Durant. All these dudes are used to not playing with Kawhi so much that the second he goes out, they just feel more free and they're running with it, which is oh. what you saw with campaign. It's an interesting dynamic that they got going on in, in, in Clipperland. It's interesting. I was thinking about this today, and I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone make this specific point, but it hit me while I was doing my one dish today. Uh, not well, according to my wife. I never clean anything well enough, <laughs> you know, in the eyes of Danny Tanner. With load management, one of the biggest challenges with load management, we know when we talk about the Clippers, we know we're talking about load management. One of the biggest challenges with load management is, yeah, your guys are healthy but for the playoffs, but they're not durable enough for the playoffs. Because when the playoffs hit, you're playing mm-hmm. every other fucking night. So you're asking these guys, it's like, all right, you're playing here. You're not playing on the second night of a back-to-back. We're going to take a game off here, so now you're going to get five days rest. It's like, a, I don't know if you've ever had any firefighter buddies, but like if you've got a firefighter buddy, they work one on, two off. So if they take one day off, they get like five days off in a row. It's beautiful. Thank you for saving lives and baby and, and cats and putting out fires. But that's what they do in the NBA. It's like, hey, Kawhi, you're going to take this one day off. So now you're going to have five days off. But what happens is once you hit the postseason, you're fucked because from a durability standpoint, late in a series, you're grinded down because you're not used to the grind. Didn't Paul George literally just come out and say this about a month ago or four, six weeks ago, something he said, you know, we're taking all these days off because we're not practicing and going hard. Like we used to, we've gotten soft. And yeah. I completely agree that, I mean, we can talk, we can have the debate about AAU basketball and how that's really hurting a lot of people. And you can yep. put all this together. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, we've never been able to have the ability to run faster, jump higher, do all these things that the body's really not meant to do. But then we're building these huge ass athletes up to perform 
once every five or six days. No, if, if what I think I know about physical education and all that stuff is, is repetitions and, yes. and body and, and memory, muscle, muscle memory and all that stuff. So being you're good at your job because you do it five damn days out of the week. Right. Yep. So you get into a groove and your body's tired and stuff. You're getting up and you're, you're sore right now with your back. But once you get into work, you, you kind of get into a groove and everybody knows what I'm talking about. And I think that's very similar with athletes, um, NBA in particular. I mean, and the MLB shit, John, you're a huge baseball fan. You know, it takes minimum 30 plus games for a hitter just to start getting comfortable. Oh, yeah. Play. And that's spring training where you don't get a full 30 games. Right. So yeah. load management is a, is a thing that needs to go away. And I love what Doris Burke was saying, how maybe with the MVP voting, you cap it like you have to play 65 games if you want to be in the MVP category. Maybe there's things like that you can do. But that is an interesting comment, uh, what they were saying. And I've been rambling and I almost lost the point of what your original. No, you're was, fine. But. You're fine. It's good conversation. I wonder if. If, you know, the argument for 72 games, which I know Matthew's pro, I'm kind of con because I, I always will have that historical side to me. It's like, well, Jordan played 82 games, but you're right. You know, jump higher, faster, longer. Uh, and also back then, like the playoffs weren't nearly as long. The playoffs are already two are very long. And if you were to drop this by 10 games, a season by 10 games, this season would have ended last week. So you can add a ten, uh, potentially three more weeks to the postseason. You can keep the same amount of games and you can maybe spread it out a little bit more. So there's the same rhythm of the regular season because that's what I'm worried about. That's the challenge, right? It's like we always talk about how there's two different seasons, but it's like it really is two different seasons because it's every other fucking night until the finals, mm -hmm. and it wears. And it's teams hard. Out. They're hard games. You're not They're playing hard. against. You're not playing against a cheap team. No, you're playing against a team that's that's strategically doing everything they can to to physically tax task you as, as long hard as possible you, you look at chris paul it's what always worries us and will worry us as we enter the postseason this postseason is can chris paul hold up from a durability standpoint and that's a challenge so uh we got off topic that was talking about the clippers do you think that denver brings the full now this is the interesting thing we know that they're yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. playing right on the game on the game against the suns against uh, or on friday it's not like they're going to sit anybody for this game in theory right but I do think that the Denver Nuggets might play some vanilla basketball against the Suns because this could potentially be a second-round matchup. The Suns are at the four seed. If we beat the five seed and we have to play the winner of the of, you know the, the one eight, it's the Denver Nuggets. How much do you give away? Because they don't need games as much as we do. Like We have to give away a little bit more than we do because they have a, they have a three-and-a-half-game cushion with six games to go. Uh, they also play tomorrow night, so they're they're going to be coming off a of back to back. That's true. Who do they play? They play uh they play the New Orleans, New Orleans. Yep. So, uh, man, one week to go during the season. We're, we're, I mean, if if you're the coach, what what are you doing? I'm I'm sitting. Who needs to be sitting, right? And I probably am doing a villain vanilla type thing. They have won four in a row, but they hit a skid too. Man, you hear Eddie say it all the time, and I'm a big proponent in it. You have to be playing your best basketball at the end of the year. I think the Suns are just in such a prime chance yes. to be that team right now. Well, we were we the Nuggets last team. year, right? We were the team that had, and the, the, jazz had the ability. The before. Yeah, that could pull the, the gas pedal back a little bit because you do have a lead. Now, we had a much bigger lead, but they have a lead. And, you know, it's three and a half games. 
And they could sit there and, just, and say just that. Be like, you know what? We, we, we can sit this guy. We can sit Jamal Murray. We can sit Michael Porter. And it might cost him a game in the stands. No big deal. But we talk about that rhythm thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, again, that load management at the end of the season, it hurt the Suns last year. It hurt us going into that game against the Pelicans. And the Pelicans were on the upswing. And, and it they, hurt, you know, the, hurt it, the Jazz the year before because they were go, go, go. They wanted the number one seed. They wanted yep. to prove to everybody. And then they floundered. They were tired. Yep. 100%. So, so, well, I mean, and then, but we also play them a second time next week. Exactly. That, but that, that I feel like some, a much more vanilla type game for them. I truly do that. Sure. This one is going to be interesting. But again, coming off that back to back, there's just, I don't know. Do you think it's or, a win or a loss or are there too many X factors? Oh, I think, it, right I now? think it's a win. I think the Suns have something to play for. I think Book said it yesterday. It's like, this is, this is the time we've all been waiting for all year. It's right now. We are right in it. Um, the Suns have something to play for. Um, one of the one of the coaches that taught me uh, when when one of my teams was losing to a, to a far superior team, um, and they were still playing. We're they're up twenty with four minutes left, and they're way better than us, and they're still playing hard. I'm looking over like, why are they still playing like this? He looked at me, he's like, Coach, don't ever say what the other team is doing. The other team's gonna do what the other team's gonna do. So Valid. they can do what they want to do, man. They can they can play and go full 100%. They could go vanilla. What the Suns need to do is get their rotations tighter, get used to playing with each other, and play Phoenix Suns basketball with Kevin Durant. It's going to be easy for Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker to play with Kevin Durant. It's going to yeah. be harder for, for our depth guys. So we just need to play our game and let them do what they want to do. I'm curious of the route. I'm really curious if they go into overtime tomorrow night, I think that's going to give us a clear view. Yeah, too. Big time. And, and new Orleans has been playing somewhat better. You know, mm-hmm. they, 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 uh, they're a team that's fighting too. You know, everybody's hey, fighting. Hey, Oh, I talked about this last night on my podcast. The, the Pelicans played the warriors last night. Did you see the scuffle? Um, remind you're going to want to go back I, and watch it. No, it's, I, it's I watched the game. I watched the game. I just don't remember. It was like in the in the middle the Green, end of the right? second quarter, and Draymond Green, and, uh, and there wasn't Jones. like a fight or anything like that, but there was like a scuffle. But guys got up off of the bench, came up off of the bench area during a conflict. I forget the NBA's wording. It's not nobody, man. Nobody got suspended. And it's because Daniel Stern's not around to fuck the Suns. That's why. Uh, and kudos to Draymond Green. He did what he needed to do, and he cost me money. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Uh, cause they were, did he, I, get a, he got a triple single last night. Uh, I think he did, but nine points. No, 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 no. He had like, he, he had like 15, or... he had like 15 rebounds. Okay. No, I needed new Orleans to win that game. Uh, yeah. They, they, I was like, they're crushing him. This is fantastic. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh man, after that, it was him and Herb Jones. We're getting into a little bit. And then the kerfuffle happened. And then like, I was like, well, that's the emotion that they, the warriors live off of. They live off that. That's why Draymond's so valuable to them is he's got guys who can back up his shit talk. You know, I would love to have seen Draymond Green on any other team where it's just like he does all that shit talk and then he plays for like Dallas and they like just, you know, miss shit unless they're playing the Suns. So you where that gets you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four rings. That's where that gets you, at least for him. Uh, and anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, coach? I really appreciate you coming on, brother. I could talk ball for the next four hours, but your back must be killing you. It's, it's time to put this thing to bed. <laughs> so on that note, Jamsters, and do you have a nickname for the people who, who watch and listen to your podcast? Cool. Fire, people. Fire, fireballs. Fireballers. 
Yeah, so uh, Jamsters and Fireballers, we appreciate you hanging out with us for this. Again, Suns win 4-0 with KD, and we're still sitting there at the four seed. So please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. Coach, let everyone know one more time where they can follow and find your material. At Coach Evan B and He's on Fire Podcast. Look it up in Google. We're the only ones, baby. There you go. There you go. And you can follow me at Darth Void on Twitter. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. And as Matthew would say, ladies and gentlemen, go home. Love your family. Love your family.